Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Slash compatibility. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSEN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander, and you can see we're in the circus studio today. A very special a numbers game here on the first uh, Tuesday after the big game. Uh, I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. We're just going to dive right in. We got a whole boatload of guests, and let's just get right to our first guy of Uprock Sports, Robbie Calland, with us right out of the shoot this morning. Robbie, a pleasure as always. Uh, before we get into your reactions to what we saw Sunday and what you're looking forward to uh, to this offseason in the NFL, what 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 was the uh, what was the spread like in the Calland household on Sunday? Uh, we, we had nachos, man. There you go. We were, uh, we, you know, we, we made sure it was prepped beforehand cause it had plenty to do during the game, but yeah, man, we were, we were rocking some nachos. You're doing it right. Then you're, you're doing it a hundred percent, right? Simple, but perfect. I would imagine. So there you go. That's perfect there for uh, the calendar household. But Robbie, of course, uh, the game itself, the Rams win their second title in franchise history, uh, 23, 20, the final over the Bengals. Just what was your biggest takeaway from from the game on Sunday? Uh, really, a, a, as as were all the Bengal playoff games, weird games this whole postseason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it honestly it went pretty close to to how I think a lot of us thought it would be in terms of the Bengals come out early, they're trying to throw the ball, get it out of Joe Burrow's hand in under two seconds, pretty much the entire time because they know they can't hold up. And once the Rams started to take that underneath stuff away, you started to see the pass rush get home. Um, and and it, it, it became just so difficult for them to move the ball consistently. Uh, I was surprised at how well Cincinnati was able to run the ball. I had a bunch of mixing under stuff that uh, got hammered. Uh, so that was unfortunate. But uh, I, I think from that side of the ball, I think a lot of things went the way uh, a lot of us expected in terms of, they put a cap on the big plays. They only had that one one bomb to Jamar Chase, and and once that happened, they they were able to to, to sit over the top with the safeties, get pressure with four, uh, and, and really press their guys up to take away those underneath routes. Um, oh, and the T Higgins, not OPI, the non the non, the non call yeah, on the yeah, face they, mask, they yeah. yeah. But and then if you you look at the other side, I, I was really impressed with Matthew Stafford. I mean, this is what he's done all year in the fourth quarter. He just steps up and makes those plays. Obviously, the no look pass became uh, the the big thing everybody talked about the last couple of days because it really was incredible. 
but you know the the poise that he showed i think that was the thing everybody wanted to see whether he could keep going with uh when he came to la uh and, and i was impressed by the way that he played and then Aaron Donald finishing it off was was just about the perfect send off that he could possibly have if he does indeed call it a career. The key part of that uh, is the most important if he does call it a career, which we didn't even know was even in play. And then Rodney Harrison about an hour before <laughs> the game, just like, oh, I, he might retire after this. And no, I heard that live. I'm like, wait a second, what? We're, that, that's, <laughs> a, that's a little newsworthy there in that uh, endless pregame show, of course, that they had on, uh, on the network at NBC there. Robbie Cowan with us right now. Uh, just looking forward to this offseason and then next year, Robbie, the Bills and the Chiefs are the co-favorites at Ben MGM. Both are plus 750. But there's just so much unknown, especially in the NFC this year, Robbie, where this offseason is all about where Aaron Rodgers lands and if Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson end up elsewhere, Robbie. That's really what I'm looking forward to this offseason. What are you looking for? Yeah, it's it's who can create the best possible team in the NFC because like you said it's wide open right now. Like is Green Bay able to get Aaron Rodgers to come back? Obviously it's it's been kind of odd how buddy buddy those two sides have been recently. Um Aaron Rodgers very complimentary of of what the Packers have been doing and and it seems like it's not a lock, a 100% guarantee that he leaves but still a chance that he does. Like you said, what happens with Russell Wilson uh, and and where he goes? Tampa now in need of a quarterback. They obviously have the team that can compete, but can they get the quarterback in, whether that's a Rodgers or a Wilson or whether they have to go somewhere else to try and find that? Um, can the Rams get everybody back in the building and, and run it back and have that cohesion? Because as we've seen, they they obviously have a team that can do it. But if you lose Aaron Donald, that's obviously a huge thing. Von Miller, what's his future? Um, there's a lot of, I, I think so much of the focus is going to be on the NFC and, and what happens there. Can Dallas bolster their roster? Maybe this is the chance for them to take a leap forward. Uh, if they can kind of get some things shored up on the back end of their secondary, um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, I think four teams in the NFC that were kind of in the middle of the pack who feel like they're on the rise. If they have a quarterback, uh, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, can they get the pieces around him and kind of finish putting together that play? I guess that's AFC. But I think there are some teams in the middle that are going to feel like there's there's a vacuum at the top, particularly in the NFC, but also in the AFC below those top two teams. I think a lot of teams, Chargers and, and, and others, will feel they can make the leap next year. Robbie Callen of Uprock Sports with us right now here on a numbers game. I'm Jeff Parles. In for Gil Alexander the rest of this week and next week as well. Robbie, you bring up the AFC. We've talked about it on this show. You really have the core five of quarterbacks going forward. You have Burrow. You have Mahomes. You have Allen. You have Lamar Jackson uh, moving forward, of course, uh, in the AFC. Uh, it just If you don't have one of those core guys moving forward, it just is really difficult to see yourselves making a run. And, of course, uh, you're sitting in an, a an AFC North and an AFC West where you have questions at quarterback in Denver, questions in quarterback in Cleveland. You mentioned it on the a on the NFC side, but the AFC side, if you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks, it's it's really hard to really vault up vault up the league at this point. Yeah, I mean, you've got to go find one, right? Like that's, I mean, that's the name of the game in the NFL in general. It's it's hard to 
Trent Dilfer your way to a Super Bowl at this point. Um, but you, you've just got to. Like, you've got to figure it out. Like, if you're talking about my beloved Cleveland Browns, like, they've got to figure it out, whether that means trying to go get Russell Wilson, trying to go get Aaron Rodgers on the market this year. Like, when those elite quarterbacks come available, you've got to try and pounce. Um, if you are the Broncos, maybe it's just trying to find that right guy in the draft in the future. But you can't have a mediocre quarterback and expect to get far at this point. I mean, you, you see what happened to the Titans. Like they have Ryan Tannehill and they kind of committed a lot to Tannehill and he's just not a ceiling raiser. Like he's a floor raiser. He's a guy that gets you going in the, uh, in the regular season, can win you games. But when it comes time to make those throws, we've seen he just, he just not able to do it consistently and not able to raise your ceiling to match those guys like the Burroughs, like the the Mahomes, uh, and get you to a Super Bowl. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, that you have to figure out is, is how do you find that balance? Because it's hard to find a quarterback that has that ability. And sometimes you just got to get lucky like the Bills. Josh Allen wasn't that guy. Right. Like Bills fans love to get mad about how people talked about Josh. Josh Allen was bad as a rookie, like bad. His leap has been unprecedented. And everybody that tries to chase that is chasing fool's gold. And it's going to get a lot of GMs fired trying to find the next Josh Allen. He doesn't exist. This is literally like an outlier in NFL history. If you look at the stats and what he put up, I love all these people comparing their quarterback, like Jalen Hurts, like a bunch of Eagles fans were comparing Jalen Hurts production to Josh Allen. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, look, look, he's going to make that leap. No, he's not. It's okay. Like he might, he might get better, but he's not going to become Josh Allen overnight. That was the freakiest, weirdest thing that ever happened. Everything clicked at once for him and kudos to him. He put in a ton of work, uh, but it just doesn't happen. So don't compare your quarterback to Josh Allen is basically what I'm saying. Of course, the, uh, of course, Robbie, the core five, I I only mentioned four because uh, my brain is working very well so far uh, on the show. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson, of course, that core five in the AFC and you bring up a good point where look, we don't know. Like we think Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence may have the potential to be big time players. Mm-hmm. Of course, Lawrence more so than Wilson, but we don't so know. I, Neither of those... I, would, I would push back on, on Zach there. No, but... and, and, and it's fine. You would, you wouldn't be the first and you won't be the last. And of <laughs> course on the NFC side fields would fit that category as well. We, sure. there are a lot of young guys that we just don't know. And maybe some of these guys turn out to be somewhat like Josh Allen. Again, I'm kind of with you. It's going to be hard to be from a bottom five quarterback in your first year in the league to mm-hmm. being what Josh Allen now is a piece that you can seemingly win a Super Bowl with pretty easily if you get the breaks. Robbie, with about 90 seconds, NBA-wise, the uh, the scene shifted pretty nicely with that Harden-Simmons deal. Just your overarching thoughts in about 80 seconds here of what you think is going to go down these last two months heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, first off, how does Brooklyn get everybody integrated and and healthy and and back on the floor? And can they claw out of the play-in? Because obviously, if Brooklyn's healthy and in the play-in, that shakes things up because one of the top two seeds is going to get the Nets in the first round. And that's not a fun matchup if you are whoever ends up at the top, Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, whoever that is. Uh, From the Sixers perspective, it's it's. You know, I, I don't have as many concerns about how they're going to make that work as some people do. I think Harden, when he's engaged, 
he shows up. Like he's when he's ready to go, he shows up. Uh, and, and we've seen it before. He does have that flip. He can switch. Uh, switch. He can flip in terms of effort. Uh, on the Western Conference side, not a lot changed. I think Phoenix is still the prohibitive favorite out there. Uh, I am interested to see what happens with Dallas. Can they stay in the top six? Because that was a weird move. Uh, I kind of see the vision, but they do lose a lot of rim protection, and they were sneakily really good defensively uh, with Chris Stapp's Porzingis down there patrolling the paint. They lose that. They went with ball handling and having another creator next to Luka, but Spencer Dinway, he's been a little bit shaky this year. Interesting to see how that works uh, in Dallas and if that changes the middle of that conference. He's Robbie Calland of Uprock Sports. Get him on the tweets at R Calland as well. Robbie, thank you for being with us this morning. Always a pleasure. Talk to you again soon. Paul Carr of True Media Networks with us next for some soccer here on a numbers game. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be 21 and older, and physically located in the state of Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. We're live from Circa today. Look at this, a very special edition of a numbers game. And now with us of True Media Networks and, of course, of ESPN Chalk as well. It's our guy, Paul Carr. Paul, before we get into a uh, this week, the Champions League, which new slightly different rules this year from what we're used to, uh, a pair of games today, a pair of games tomorrow, Let's just go back to Sunday real quick because, of course, you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Dan Marino got to the Super Bowl in his second year and never made it back. Joe Burrow gets to the Super Bowl in his second year. Bengals obviously come up just short like the Dolphins did in Marino's second uh, second year. And the parallels are there. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but you always have to think in this league. And we kind of talked about this two weeks ago. This league is cruel. 
it can be mm-hmm. very hard to make it back, especially Burrow being a part of that core five in the AFC. It just that that path is going to be very tough for years and years to get back. It's so hard. I mean, just look at look at the basic math. To get to the Super Bowl, you probably unless you're the one seed, you're going to have to win three games. One of those has is probably going to be on the road. So I mean, even if you're an 80% favorite in all three games, you're still only about 50-50 to get to the Super Bowl, and and that's just the you know the pure math of it. And and yeah, the quarterbacks are loaded. I mean, I live here in Kansas, where you know last year the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, oh, Mahomes will be back, it'll be fine. But look how bad they were the first half of the season, and you know we saw flaws on the team, and it's just hard. You know, you, there's so much randomness in these games. The Bengals could have lost any of their four playoff games really easily. Uh, so, you know, I hope he gets back just in the sense that, you know, he's good for the game and he's entertaining and the Bengals have so much talent on offense, especially that the entertainment value is there, but it's just hard. You just never know. Well, and you, obviously you're, you're in Kansas and, uh, just with, with, with the chiefs, uh, of course, uh, they've hosted the AFC title game four straight years. They have a yeah. 50% winning percentage in those four games. They've been in two yep. Super Bowls. It's a 50% winning percentage there. So it just, yeah. it, 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 you're 100% right. It's just going to be a, I mean, a brutal path moving forward, really, for everyone, especially, well, let's say that the Ravens get healthy this year. The Chargers don't yeah. charge her for once in their existence. <laughs> it's, it should be very difficult yep. for everyone. All the pieces are there, all the quarterbacks, all the potential, you know, is Mac Jones going to make the leap or Tua or Derek Carr still hanging around or Trevor Lawrence or who knows who gets drafted or or joins in free agency. And that's just, you know, we're just talking quarterbacks. It's, it's just tough. I mean, Rodgers never made it back after they won the Super Bowl. Breeze never made it back after they won the Super Bowl. Uh, it's it's not easy and it, it gets harder the more these playoffs keep expanding. No, 100%. And, and you mentioned it. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, both first ballot Hall of Famers. They combined two Super Bowl appearances through their Crazy. through their careers. Really insane. At least they won both of their appearances. They got yep. it done uh, in their two solo appearances in back to back years. Paul, let's let's get to the Champions League. Of course, uh, yeah. a few month hiatus. We have it back. Round of sixteen starts today. Uh, there is a slight rule change that people need to be aware of, though. Yeah. So traditionally. And as long as I can, since the seventies, I think the away goals rule has applied in these two leg knockout series. Meaning if it's two, two total, uh, after two legs, the first tiebreaker is away goals. So if one team, uh, you know, got a goal on the road and the other team did not, that team is going to go through, even though the level on aggregate goals, so that rule is no more. So now if you're tied after two legs, 90 minutes each, they'll go to extra time and then penalties. Just the away goals rule is just eliminated. I don't think that will make a big difference in these first legs. You know, the theory is that the home team maybe can doesn't have to play as defensively because they're not scared of giving up an away goal. Maybe, you know, there's it's hard to there's not really a way to prove that because uh, just the way you know we haven't seen that many competitions uh, played like this yet. So I don't anticipate anything different on these first legs. The second legs will change things just because the math changes. You know, you may, you need a a one nil win will get you through this time, and maybe it wouldn't before something like that. So I, I'm not worried about any changes yet. But in a, next month, when we're talking about the second legs, that's when we'll have to remind ourselves even more about this rule change. Do you like the change? I think so. I mean. <laughs> There's pros and cons. One, I like that on the pro side, I like that it's just goals. It really doesn't matter. You know, there can be fluky conditions or weird things in different games. So I like that it just kind of levels that out. 
there is something fun about away goals, just that you can go from winning to losing just by scoring one goal. You don't have to score two. You don't, you don't have that middle stage of being tied. So there is kind of a knife's edge that it makes it fun at the end when one goal can swing it completely. Uh, so that I will miss a little bit. And I, I do think it's a, be a little bit weird that one team will get extra time at home, although it will be good that the away team won't have the benefit of having 30 extra minutes to score the away goal. So I have mixed feelings, pros and cons. Uh, I, we lose a little bit edge-wise, but I think it does make it a little bit more fair. Paul, let's dive right in. The one that uh, is going to get the eyeballs, PSG and Real Madrid. Uh, PSG, actually, a uh, you're having to lay a price with PSG in this first leg against Real Madrid, currently minus 105, Paul. Yeah, if you want them on the three-way, lay just a little bit of juice, which I'm willing to do here. Uh, Real Madrid probably won't have Kareem Benzema today. He might play, but he's been out for about three weeks with a, a thigh injury, and he's been critical to their attack. You know, they're off, their numbers are down when he's not on the field from a shot standpoint, a goals and expected goals standpoint. You know, they score about almost two goals a game when he's on the field or two goals per 90 minutes and about 1.6 when he's not. So, you know, that's a pretty sizable drop, and I think it's indicative of how important he is to the Real Madrid attack, even if he's back, you know, he's probably not going to go 90 minutes or be at full fitness. Uh, PSG has injuries of their own. Neymar's not going to be there, but their numbers are fine without him off the field this year. They've got Mbappe. They've got Messi, of course. So plenty of firepower still for PSG. I think they're just more stable. Uh, Real Madrid has been trending the wrong direction for the last month or so in La Liga. I like PSG, PSG to win this match outright. I'll pay the minus 105. PSG minus 105 uh, for Paul there. Uh, next up, for today, Man City, huge favorites against Sporting Lisbon out of Portugal. Uh, Paul, this seems to be all Man City here today. Yeah, I'm very much in the don't overthink it camp for this one. I'll lay the goal and a half and take Man City to win by you know two plus minus 125. Sporting's okay. I mean, they're in second in Portugal, I believe. But when they're playing you know, Dortmund and Ajax in the group stage, they had a little over 40% possession. City's just going to dominate this game like they always do. Uh, they have a tendency not to let up once they go up by a goal or something in these first legs. So I think they're going to keep pressing. I think they'll score multiple goals. Uh, so I like them to win. You know, I'll lay the minus one and a half, minus 125. It's, it's pretty short and simple on that one. Tomorrow, Bayern Munich off of just getting annihilated in their <laughs> last Bundesliga game. Uh, what is that? Ba Bacham? Bochum beat them 4-2. Bochum. Bochum, yep. excuse me. Uh, uh, not going to lie, Paul. I had only heard of that club maybe one time before Saturday, yeah. and they had up 4-1 at halftime against Bayern. But Bayern gets Salzburg, who was a pretty nice story in the group stage. And uh, what, what are you looking at playing here for Bayern at Salzburg? Yeah, good story. First Austrian team to make the knockout stage of Champions League. For Americans, you're, you may be familiar with Brendan Aronson, U.S. national team player who's one of the key attackers on Salzburg. Uh, I anticipate goals in this one. Uh, Bayern, I'm not too concerned about the Bochum loss. You know, Bochum got a couple long-range goals. Uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where everything goes wrong for Bayern. But I think we're going to see goals here regardless. Uh, they played last year in the group stage, 6-2 Bayern, 3-1 Bayern in those two games with over four and a half expected goals in each game, over 30 shots in each game. So I just think we're, it's going to be up and down one way or the other. Salzburg it has a tendency, like a lot of the Red Bull teams, to go for it. And you know, they'll throw guys forward at the expense of leaving the back open, and Bayern can rip that apart. Uh, so I don't think Salzburg will stop attacking, which is good for goals on both sides. So I'm playing the over three and a half here. Get a little plus money at plus 115. 
Paul, we got about 30 seconds here. Inter Milan and Liverpool. What do you like here? Uh, I lean Inter on this one. You know, Liverpool's been great, but Inter's been really good. They're leading Serie A, they're the defending champions. Uh, so I play the draw no bet on this, which means if it's a draw, it's a push. And if they win, uh, you get paid out. So I play this at plus 150, kind of hedging between the, the goal line and the money line. So plus 150, Inter, draw no bet. I like the way they've been playing. Uh, I think they got a shot at giving Liverpool some trouble like Real Madrid did last year. Paul's picks are on the screen. We'll reset them on the flip side as well. You can get Paul on the tweets at Paul Carr, of course, True Media Networks as well for all Paul's great work. Paul, pleasure as always. Uh, we're looking forward to this. It's going to be a fun two days of, uh, of footy across the pond in the Champions League. Love the Champions League knockout stage. Should be great. Thank you very much, Paul. Paul Carr, everyone, on the Champions League starting up later today. We head to the NBA next on a numbers game here on VEASAN. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a new great offer that can only be described as madness. You'll get VSIN all access for everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April the 4th for just $29. What a steal that is. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus. Full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so make sure you don't miss out. vsin.com slash madness to sign up today for this spectacular offer here at vsin. It is a numbers game live from Circa today. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Matty Cox of Three Man Weave will be with us in 15 minutes time. We'll get some college basketball plays from Maddie in a little bit. We'll also see Alex Schiffer as well. He covers the Brooklyn Nets uh, for the Athletic. Ben Simmons getting introduced today as a Brooklyn Net. We'll get his thoughts on the trade and what he thinks the Eastern Conference looks like after that seismic deal last week between the Sixers and the Nets. I, I'll have thoughts on this as we go through. The one thing that stands out to me is just how this futures market has altered in the NBA. I'll break it down a little bit longer when we talk talk with Schiffer later, but it is just fascinating to me that the Nets are still as high as they are. And look, I, I think it's probably right, but we'll, we'll break that down a little bit longer uh, with Alex Schiffer coming later. And of course, Danny Burke comes at 1130 Eastern time. Uh, but NFL-wise, I want to shift back to this because we talked about it a little bit earlier with Robbie Calland. It seems to be a pretty big discussion point right now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers either are not fully convinced that Tom Brady is actually fully retired or if he is, they want to be very active in trying to trade for either Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans or Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. And, and look, the futures odds for next year kind of indicate that the books feel that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not done wheeling and dealing because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a way, with the roster they have, with all the guys they have with going into free agency, 10 of their 20 uh, of their 22 starters are either free agents or Tom Brady, who has uh, retired from the league. 
That roster is horrible if they don't retain the Chris Godwins of the world. There are plenty of guys on that on that roster. Leonard Fournette is a free agent this year. But for Tom Brady's replacement, if it is not a Russell Wilson, if it is not a Deshaun Watson, heck, even if it's not an average starting quarterback, if they have to go forward with, again, their current quarterbacks are Blaine Gabbert, career backup and draft bust, and Kyle Trask, who I don't think is a realistic NFL player. I think he's a backup at best. That's the that's the number you avoid completely in the outrights. And, and look, I'm not saying Ben anything now, unless if you think the, the rumors that we've been hearing the last few days of, oh, maybe Tom Brady is trying to force his way out of Tampa and that going the far route. I don't think that happens. I would be very surprised if he were to come back at all. But if he does come back, I don't think it's for Tampa. I'm not certain who. I I know Ben MGM took a big bet on the 49ers last night. Someone trying to get in front of that, like people didn't getting out in front of the Brady news in 2020 when Brady first went to Tampa. But I'm not buying, I I am not buying uh, Brady coming back. 49ers are interesting for their own reasons. Is Jimmy Garoppolo definitely out of there? Do they trust Trey Lance moving forward? Of course, the team that was in the NFC title game, when, let's face it, they were, they didn't think they were as good as they showed in in the late stages of the regular season in that second half against the Rams. And then, offensively speaking, they were terrible in the Green Bay game. But it didn't matter because the Packers were completely anemic against that San Francisco defense in the snow and the cold. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I I didn't give my full thoughts here, AFC-wise. Because right now, the Bills and the Chiefs at BetMGM, plus 750 apiece, are your co-favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. And, And Gil pointed this out yesterday. Usually you see a team that's four to one, five to one, as your short shot. We're very close. Plus 750 to me is as high of a number as I can remember on a team being a favorite going into a season to win the Super Bowl. Now, of course, these can change during the offseason. Let's say Kansas City has a big offseason or Buffalo does. Then you're probably looking at one of those teams being 5-1. to one. But as you look down the board, Cincinnati 12-1. to one. I would not be surprised if Cincinnati finishes third in the AFC North next year. Baltimore is a last place schedule. Had all those injuries this year. Cleveland, again, if Baker's not there next year, I expect them to be. But if Baker improves at all, that team is more than talented. Pittsburgh has a big quarterback issue. But they have talent on defense. It's going to be really difficult. And we talked on this last segment with Paul Carr. It's going to be very hard for Cincinnati to replicate what they just did, even though I anticipate that roster will actually be better in 2022 than it was in his Super Bowl appearance in a 10-7 and regular season in 2021. The offensive line can't be much worse. But it's going to be hard for them to replicate it. They don't have the last place schedule anymore. Uh, They do cross with the AFC East, which is a pretty nice gift. Pretty sure they cross with the NFC East as well. 
which means that uh, they get themselves a pretty easy schedule, all things considered, in the uh, in the NFC. Or excuse me, they actually cross with the NFC South even better than crossing with the NFC East next year. They get an NFC East team as an extra away game for the AFC North. But the team that I look at has to be Baltimore, though, in the AFC and, and at large. And we've talked about this core five in the AFC, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson, who seemingly gets forgotten, at least by, uh, by, by some, MVP of, a, of just two short seasons ago. You see on your screen, Baltimore's collapsed down the stretch, those six straight losses to end the season, to end up missing the playoffs, to go from 8-3 and three to 8-9. and nine. Injuries played a big role. They will have a last-place schedule for the first time under John Harbaugh. And Baltimore, they get healthier. They improve their team. You know that front office is a darn good one, if not the best one in the AFC. Baltimore is the team that I'm looking at to progress or regress on a positive side for 2022. And being in a division with Cincinnati, who you expect, even though they you expect them to get better, could be in for a regress. Pittsburgh was awfully lucky to be their record, even though you can't count on a regress because Mike Tomlin ends up making the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger, who can't even throw the ball at all by the end of his career. He was over 500 with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph 2019. Or at 500, I should say. Baltimore is the team to look at. Now, I, I would like more than 20 to 1 to win it all, more than 10 to 1 to win the AFC, but that's the team that I'm going to be looking to bet early in the season and in futures going into next year on the AFC side. The NFC side, you don't know. It's just too difficult. If Aaron Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, 16 to 1 is a steal on Green Bay to win it all. But I thought a 40 to 1 this year was a steal and didn't even make it to the Super Bowl, didn't even win a playoff game despite being a number one seed for the second straight year. Man, the, AF, the NFC, if Rodgers ends up in, an a, in the AFC or Russell Wilson ends up in the AFC, I know the Seahawks aren't any good. The Cardinals seemingly have a big Kyler Murray mess on their hands. It's pretty wide open for the Rams again. Dallas, if they uh, can get over the Mike McCarthy aspect of their team, the NFC is fascinating going into next year. I just don't know what way I would look into it. But look, I know we're only two days past, but it's never too early to look at next season in the NFL. And of course, we're a little over two months away from the NFL draft, which will be right here in Las Vegas. I am very curious to see how that first overall pick market plays. We've already seen it shift a lot. I still think Hutchinson's going to be the guy at one over Thibodeau over the offensive lineman. That's what I think Jacksonville does, but we'll see. We got a lot of time to break down the 2022 season and, of course, the NFL draft just uh, two and a half months away. That last weekend of April, right, right here in Las Vegas. We're super excited for that. Just uh, just treat to see what the options are betting-wise here in Nevada. We know they're going to be good in the newer jurisdictions. Hope Nevada comes to play with the draft right in our backyard here in Vegas at the end of April. Matt Cox of Three Man Weave. Get some college hoops plays for today from Matt. That's coming up next. 
as we roll along on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet on more than just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to help you make your selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. So log into your BetMGM account today and create your best parlay. Before the game starts, new to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed online for bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, at more than over 20 MGM properties nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older. To place a wager, new customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility restrictions. And, of course, this promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. And one game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you in for Gil Alexander this week. And now with us, it is Matt Cox of Three Man Weave. Of course, Matt Kai and... Jim Root do a great job over at Three Man Weave. Matt, pleasure as always. Uh, I, I just want to dive right in. There's two marquee games today, and I want to start with the one where everyone has been screaming fraud at the Providence Friars all year long, and yet all they do is just continue to win close games. They're first in the Big East, and they are a home underdog tonight against Villanova. And, Matt, this would be a uh, this would be a good spot for the Friars here to uh, – find a way to win another close one and and continue to shut everyone up. Yeah. I mean, they've talked to Ed Cooley, the head coach has kind of relished in the fact that they have been, you know, they've had a horseshoe up their ass all season, so to speak. But I mean, you watch this team play and there's reason to believe that they can win close games. You know, they are well coached. Ed Cooley is a guy I trust with the clipboard. Uh, They defend, they rebound. Uh, You know, they have a a guy who can get you a bucket late, Nate Watson down in the blocks. I mean, there's reasons to buy in why they have won close games at such a high rate. Now, I think the 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 analytics would tell you it's certainly not sustainable. Um, Now, as far as this matchup tonight, I think the price is actually pretty sharp. I've been fading Providence a lot myself. 
Um, but I think this this price tonight, you know, four and a half at home against Villanova should be a hype home environment there at the dunk. Uh, Nova's got two of their key guards, Colin Gillespie and Justin Moore, both banged up right now. Um, so I think it's actually a less than stellar, a slightly watered down version that's that's coming uh, to the dunk tonight. I think Providence can definitely get this one, and you're right, kind of exacerbate that whole narrative of uh, of angering people who don't think they're for real, even though they just all they do is win games. Providence, Providence is. Uh... Analytics profile. They're 21 and they're only 21 and two, and Ken Palm still has them at 47. Uh just yeah. uh, just crazy to me uh that they could be that low. Uh anywhere from a, a a three seed to a six seed in bracketologies right now. The other big game, Tennessee hosts Kentucky. Uh Tennessee is a point and a half favorite at home against the Cats. Uh of course, Ty Ty Washington uh was injured in that game against Florida. We're still uncertain of his status moving forward. But look, uh, Kentucky, Matt, for me, has looked like, at worst, the second-best team in the country over these la- this last month, ever since that loss at Auburn in a game where Washington had to leave for injury. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've had Kentucky rated as a top-five team for most of the season. Um, with the awareness that they have the upside to creep into that top spot, I think they just failed to get a few key road wins early in the year. But if you look at a couple of those games, they were in control at, at key moments. Um, you know, the, the injury to, uh, to tie tie, I believe it was against, uh, was it LSU or, mm-hmm. or one of those other, those big sec games where they were, like I said, they were in control on the road in a you know, hostile environment um, and just let it slip, slip away late. Now I think this is another tough road test here. Um, Kentucky smacked Tennessee at home. That game was bonkers high scoring, made no sense for a, a matchup that figured to play more like a rock fight, given how athletic both these defenses are. Um, I do like Tennessee in the, um, in the revenge angle back home. I think their guards are uh, playing extremely well right now. They're starting to get some production from their veteran wings and forwards, which has actually been, was supposed to be kind of the strength of this Tennessee's team coming into the year, but it's really been an Achilles heel. Uh, just signed Jordan James, a forgotten five-star who is now in his third season in college. He's starting to play better. I think the Vols are kind of a buy low. Uh, they've been in the top 15, top 10 of the analytic rankings for most of this season. So some would say they've been overvalued, but now I think they're starting to show signs uh, that they are worth that weight. So I would lean Vols, just short spread. Uh, certainly no misprice here, but uh, just from a gut situational perspective, I think I'd lean Vols. Matt Cox with us right now here on a numbers game. Of course, get him on a tweets at Matty Cox. And as well, you can get uh, get his great work at Three Man Weave. As well, uh, Matt, Matt uh, let's go to your picks for tonight. Let's start in Norman, Oklahoma, nearly completed a pretty wild comeback at the end in Lawrence, yeah. just coming up short against Kansas. Texas got destroyed in Waco over the weekend after beating KU uh, earlier in the week. Right now, we're seeing Texas as a very short road favorite in this one in Norman. One point is the line. Yeah, and you're right. You talk about that that effort by Oklahoma in Fog Allen, and just the fact that they continued to make multiple punches at the Beakers late in that game uh, really impressed me. I mean, Oklahoma's defense is so stingy. I'd actually argue it's the better defense tonight of the two, which is um, shocking to say about a Chris Beard coach team, a Texas defense that is in the clouds analytically right now. I just like this spot for the Sooners, man. I think they've come so close to winning a few of these big games Sort of like Iowa State and Kansas State, the records just don't quite reflect how good that you know how how good of teams they really are. I think Oklahoma gets this one tonight. Um, lost the first meeting, you know, again similar to the Tennessee 
Kentucky angle. I've looked at some of the data here. I mean, usually this revenge type of stuff has been um, debunked by, by by folks. I just think that a lot of people don't buy into it. But this year, it seems to be playing well. Uh, so as simple as that sounds, um, you don't need to overcomplicate this handicap. I just think Oklahoma is a good matchup. It's in a favorable spot. And again, with that revenge angle and desperate need of a big win to try and play their way uh, back toward the safer side of the bubble from the tournament picture perspective. Nice, uh, nice low total as well in the 120s as well for this should game. Should be ugly. Yeah, uh, should, I won't be watching. That's for sure. Yeah, it should be, be a should be a rock fight with a with a. I, I was actually texting with uh, with one of your uh, comrades over there, Jim Root, uh, on Texas during that game against Kansas. I can't figure the Longhorns out because they have all the, all all this talent. They're great defensively, and yet their offense always seems to be stuck. But you can't really doubt Chris Beard in March. So uh, at least a month from right. now, we're, we'll be uh, looking at Texas a little bit differently. Uh, we'll go to the Big Ten next, Matt. Uh, Minnesota, who has really just been a disaster away from the barn this year, goes on the road. They go to Ohio State, who's coming off a, a pretty nice win on the road where they really controlled Michigan the whole way through, winning by 11 yep. in Ann Arbor. Uh, tonight, back at home, Ohio State, uh, this is an 8.30 Eastern start. Ohio State is laying 12.5 or 13 in this one against Minnesota. Yeah, try and fight 13. I'm looking at Minnesota here. It seems like it's going to be a potentially flat home spot here for the Buckeyes coming off that massive win against Michigan in the rivalry game. Minnesota, now I know they've been disastrous, as you mentioned, away from the barn, but I like them as a large dog when Ben Johnson um, can kind of park the bus, so to speak, right? Play that. He can mix and match defenses. Um, he slow down the pace. He's just a tough, you know, I, I think just in general, Penn State and Minnesota, Ben Johnson and Micah Shrewsbury, two new coaches that have really been cockroaches, tough bastards to kill within conference play. I just don't think Ohio State has the offensive uh, firepower, uh, firepower, excuse me, to really blow this game away, especially with the way I think Ben Johnson coaches it. And another one where you have the revenge angle, Ohio State uh, knocking off um, uh, Minnesota in the BART earlier this year. Now I think Minnesota comes back with a feistier effort here on the road. Uh, and again, I just don't think the home court that's being baked in this current price, probably four points, uh, presumably, is really going to play that strong. I think it's most more of like a two-point type home court, given the spot potential flat letdown for the uh, the Buckeyes. Matt, we have about uh, we have about 45 seconds left here. We'll go to the MAC for your last pick. Miami of Ohio, who has really struggled in conference play. <laughs> goes on the road to Ohio, who has had their moments where they look very bad in the first half recently against bad teams, only to pummel them in the second half. Uh, right now, the Bobcats laying 11 or even 11 and a half out there right now against uh, the Red Hawks of Miami. Yeah, the key thing for Miami is they got Delonte Brown back last game, who was a, a very versatile, talented wing. And for a team that really has a litany of guards, but virtually no size up front, uh, the replacement value of not having him was uh, catastrophic. I mean, he was almost worth 10 points to the number. Got him back last game. Much more impressive effort against Bowling Green. Um, I think that that terrible skid that the Red Hawks had there for about three weeks actually is working in your favor as a Miami O backer here. I think you're getting a few extra points of value. Um, that's not reflective of who this team truly was at full strength with Brown in the mix as he was for most of the season. Um, so, yeah, it's a juicy spread. Ohio's been a pretty good favorite within conference play. Um, but I think 11 points is a lot, given this uh, where we're at in the stage of uh, conference season. So take the Red Hawks. Oklahoma, Minnesota, Miami of Ohio for Matt Cox here today. 
of Three Man Weave. Matt, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us this morning. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining. You got it. Alex Schiffer covers the Nets for The Athletic. We'll discuss the Nets in the Eastern Conference next on a numbers game. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.